Let's open our Bibles back to Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. I pray the Lord would enable us to just look at these two verses of Scripture this evening. Verse 23, again we read, Thus saith the Lord. These are the words of our Lord. I, I, I can't imagine that we would, could stand on any firmer ground than this. Thus saith the Lord. And this is what he says. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. You see that in his wisdom. Scripture declares this. Look, look at, uh, turn to 1 Corinthians. Hold your place there. And turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look, beginning with verse 18. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? You know, the gospel, it exposes the wisdom of this world for what it, for what it truly is. The wisdom of this world is nothing but foolishness. Read on here in verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. This, this world with all of its earthly wisdom cannot and will not recognize the true and living God. Yet God in His wisdom, true wisdom, was pleased. He was pleased to reveal himself and his salvation, that which was purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ to his people through the very means that this world calls foolishness, which is nothing more, nothing less than the preaching of the gospel. And all the same time, while the, while the wise men of this world are, are left to perish in their sin, being ignorant of God's righteousness, being ignorant of God, and, and the gospel they despise, this very gospel that this world despises, has become the power of God unto salvation for His, for his people. Huh? You know, that seems like a pretty good reason not to trust in our own wisdom, 
our own wisdom is nothing but nothing but foolishness. But rather, rather we would trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is who is our wisdom. And back to back to our text here in Jeremiah nine, we read next. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, his strength. In the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had had a he had a dream, and that dream scared him. It, scripture says it made him afraid. He he was troubled. He was troubled by what he had seen. And um, all those wise men that came to interpret the dream couldn't. Not until, not until Daniel came. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he said there was a tree in the midst of the earth and it was, a, it was a great tree. The height of it was great. It reached to the heavens. And the the leaves of it were, were fair. We, we admire these trees this time of year, just how beautiful, how beautiful they are. But it says that the leaves were, were fair and it bared much fruit. This tree, this great tree, and um, it provided shade for all the animals in the field. And uh, the birds could go and, and nest in it. It was, it was a great, great tree. But then he said a watchman came from heaven and he he cut it down. He cut that great tree down at the, at the stump. And again, Daniel was the only one who was able to interpret this dream. And Daniel said to the king, this is, this is a prophecy about you. You're grown and, and become strong. Your, your greatness reaches to the heavens. Now, turn to, uh, turn to Daniel 4. Turn over just a few pages to Daniel chapter 4. Look beginning with verse 29. At the end of 12 months, Daniel told him what was going to happen. At the end of 12 months, he walked in to the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And the king spake. Listen to what he said here. He said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by my might, of my power, and for the honor of my majesty? And while the word was in the king's mouth, he didn't even, he didn't even finish his sentence. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, seven times shall pass over thee, until now knowest that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And the same hour was this thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. And he was driven from men 
and he did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown out like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Think what he said there. This great Babylon, and he'd already been warned about it. This great Babylon that, that I have built. How'd he build it? By his might. That's what, he, that's what he thought. That's what he was convinced of. By his might, by his power, by his strength. And for this reason, he said, for the honor of my majesty. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the, the strong man glory in his strength. And we read what happened there, didn't we? When, when those words come out of his mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, thy kingdom is departed from thee. And he dwelt among the beasts of the field and ate grass like an ox. His hair grew out like those eagle's feathers, nails like birds. But after seven years, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and it says his understanding returned to him. And listen to what he says now. He's not taken up with his might. He's not taken up with his strength. He says this. He says, uh, I bless the Most High. I bless the Most High and praise Him who liveth forever and ever. The eternal God of heaven. He said His, His dominion, Almighty God's dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth and, and I believe Nebuchadnezzar was speaking of himself here when he said this. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He doeth according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. None can say unto him, what doest thou? Huh? None can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? Oh, let not the mighty man glory in his might. You know, Scripture declares this, that, that our Lord, He is he's the mighty God. There, there's only one that's mighty, and that's Almighty God. Well, back, back to our text again here in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Let not the rich man, there's three men here, let not the rich man glory in his riches. Again, it's his riches, his own riches, what he gets by his own doing. Look at uh, Isaiah. Turn back a turn back a book there to Isaiah thirty nine. Isaiah thirty nine. Look look beginning with verse verse one. It says, at that time, Meridoic Baladin, the son of Baladin, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick, and he was recovered. 
And Hezekiah was glad of them. And he showed them the house of his precious things. You note again there, these are his precious things. The silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor, all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. He was, he was pretty proud of these things. And look, look here, verse 3. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah, and he said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country unto me, even from Babylon. And then he said, What have they seen in thy house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thy house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day, it's all going to be carried off to Babylon and nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And, and if that wasn't enough, not all of his wealth, look here, verse 7. And thy sons, thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Hezekiah gloried in his, in his riches. He wanted these men to see everything that he had. And the Lord took it all, took it all away. His treasures were taken away. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ met with that rich young ruler, he said, he said, if you'd be perfect, you go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And when you do that, you'll have treasure in heaven. What do we read, what do we read about that young man? It said he, he went away sorrowful. He had great he had great possessions. Great possessions compared to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is wealth, wealth untold. Now these scriptures don't say there's anything wrong uh, with, with wisdom. We'd be thankful to have wisdom. Nothing wrong with riches, nothing wrong with uh, with strength. But this is the command to not glory in these things. Um, and that word glory, it means, to, it means to honor. It means to exalt, to rejoice, to take great pride in. It can even mean this, to worship, to worship those things. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man Glory in his wisdom. Now that, that could be natural wisdom. That could be even the knowledge of God's word. That could be to take to take pride. pride we, we heard that pride of pride of grace. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, his natural strength. Even men brag of moral strength and, and being able to overcome great temptations. We don't glory in these things. Listen, any strength we have, it comes from the Lord. 
Paul, Paul didn't say this. He didn't say, I can do all things through my own strength. No. He said, I can do all things through Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Paul writing to the Corinthians, he said, uh, who maketh thee, think about that, who maketh thee to differ one from another? And what hast thou? Truly, what do we have that we that we didn't receive, that hasn't been given to us. And, and, and why do you glory as, as if you received it not? Why, why do you carry on like it's something that you earned? Let not the rich man glory in his riches. David wrote this in Psalm 49, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them, can by any means redeem his brother, huh? nor give to God a ransom for him. He, he can't pay the redemption. No matter how much wealth a man has, he cannot pay the redemption price. The Lord Jesus Christ is, is precious. Huh? Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Here's, here's one thing all three of these have in common. They all perish. Every last one of them will perish. Wisdom. Wisdom. Ecclesiastes 2.16 says this, The wise man dies as the fool. There's no difference. There's no difference in the grave between the the wise man and the foolish man. What about might? What about what about strength? You know, I can. I was thinking about this last night. I can. I can recall my my grandpa, and he he was a he was a strong strong man. And I remember one time watching him move a a refrigerator. I was just a little kid sitting out on the sidewalk, and I can still see this. Just if I was sitting out there on that sidewalk right now, he took a some kind of strap and just wrapped it around that refrigerator, pulled it over his back, and just toted it out of the house. He was a strong man. He lived to be late in his 80s. And you know, just a few days before he died, he couldn't even pick up his hand. What about riches? What about riches? 1 Timothy 6 verse 7 says this, we brought nothing into this world. Now you, you think about that. Did, you, did anybody in here, did anybody in here bring anything into this world? We brought nothing into this world and it is certain. That's a pretty strong word. It, it is certain that we're going to carry Nothing out. How often, how often these things we glory in end up being being our undoing. Um, I I read about this years ago that there's a they trap monkeys and and they take a they just take like a container or even a, a stump with a little hole in it and it's just big enough for that monkey to fit his hand in there if it's empty. 
they put something down inside of it that he has to have. When he grabs a hold of it, he's stuck. And here's the crazy thing. He won't let go. He will not let go. It, isn't that us? Isn't that us with the things of this world? Huh? We won't turn loose. We won't turn loose. That's our, that's our nature. Well, let, let's read on here. Let, let's read on in our text here. Back to, back to Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. I ask you this. What is this vain person to do? What is this vain? We've got to have something to glory in, right? What are we to glory in? We're told the things not to glory in, but what, what are we glory in? Listen to this verse. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. We're to glory in him. We're to glory in the Lord himself. Listen, we're completely dependent upon him for all things, for everything. And that he knoweth me. That he knoweth me. We can glory in the fact that we know the Lord. That's what that says. To Paul writing to the Corinthians, he said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, that's a great thing to know, isn't it? To know the Lord. To know him. In John 5, 1 John 5, 20, we know what do we know? We know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the true God. Scripture says this is eternal life. To know Him. Philippians, Philippians 3. Let me just read this to you. Paul said, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. I count everything but loss. For whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And he said, I count them but dung. Everything. He said, I count it but dung. That I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God, which is by faith. That I may know him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformable to his death if by any means I might obtain to the resurrection of the dead. That I may know him. Well, that's something to glory in, isn't it? To know the Savior. Glory in this, that he understandeth and he knoweth me. Now quickly, just listen to these three things here. 
The first one is this. He said, I am the Lord which executeth loving kindness. Consider his loving kindness in electing a people. Huh? It Scripture says this, it pleased the Lord to make you his people. That's his loving, that's his loving kindness. Consider his loving kindness in the redemption of his people. He redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. His loving kindness in pardoning our sin and forgiving our iniquity. What about his loving kindness in giving his people eternal life? Scripture says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Eternal life in his son. And it's with loving kindness that he draws us to himself. He literally draws us to, to himself. He's the Lord which exerciseth loving kindness. And here's, here's what's truly amazing to, about this. To a people that are completely undeserving, unworthy of, of, of his loving kindness. Second, he says this, I'm the Lord which exerciseth judgment. That's a scary thing to think about, judgment. But that judgment for the believer, that judgment was exercised on the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin was laid on him. Sin was found on him. Sin, sin was condemned on the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to, uh, turn to Isaiah 53. Familiar passage we, we love to read. Isaiah 53. Look beginning with verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on, not us, but him. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So opened he not his mouth. He was taken from prison and judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. 
he hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. He bore our sins in his body on the tree. Scripture clearly declares that he was, God made him. God made the Lord Jesus Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Sin, it it must be punished. God must punish sin. And when our sins were found on the Lord Jesus Christ, our sins, my sin, when it was found on the Lord Jesus Christ, God slew his son in our room instead. He he endured the wrath and judgment of God for the sins of his people. Scripture says this, being freely justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a a propitiation, a sin offering, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare at this time his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth. And that leads us to, to the third and final point. He's the Lord that exercises righteousness. Righteousness. It's by him. It's by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by the Lord Jesus Christ that, listen, We're not just made slightly righteous. We're not made just a little better because those things wouldn't do. We're made the very righteousness of God in Him. I believe we could glory in that, can't we? Huh? The eternal glory in His, in His Son. He said this, I am the Lord which exercised loving kindness, judgment, righteousness, For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Mercy, grace, favor, to who? A miserable, sinful, worthless people. Yet he's been pleased to, he's been pleased to save us, to save his people, undeserving people. He made his son an offering for sin. He he bruised him. And it's by his righteousness, the, the very righteousness of God, God's law and God's wrath are satisfied. Satisfied. Do you know him? Can Do I know him? Can I say that I know him? If not, I 
I pray he'd be pleased to make himself known to us. But let's read this passage just, just one more time here. Turn back to Jeremiah 9. We'll just... Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Let us show you.